A mix of emotions, behaviors, and belief associated with strong feelings of affection, protectiveness, warmth, and respect for one another. Can that be termed as love? We have different types of love, such as the erotic and passionate love. We have the love for family and equals. We have love for parents and children, and we have the love of mankind. As teenagers, which love are we talking about here? I am Okuchi Chinomso Mosu, and this is Teens Corner, The Teenager's Mindset. So please and please um, kindly follow us on our social media handles. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we have our pages, we're on, um, reach us on WhatsApp also, and on listen to our podcast on Anchor. We have Spotify, that is Anchor. We also have um, the Google and um, other platforms. So today we'll be talking about what the teenager thinks love is. So our topic on our episode today is love. And we'll be dissecting it from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from 4 to 7. How does a teenager think love is or what does he or she understand from this passage? Now, love is patient. As a teenager, what do you understand that love is patient? Okay, from my perspective or from their perspective, that is love is willing to wait instead of uh, demanding or to prove that you care now. Like some guys or ladies, they want you to actually tell them, I love you. And you have to prove that you love them either by kissing them, having a peck or you kiss them. That's not what the Bible says. It says it's willing to wait instead of demanding. So we're going to the next one, which is love is kind. Now, from their perspective, love keeps on being friendly um, to people who aren't friends back. So it's kind. It doesn't segregate anybody. So their friends keep being their friend, whether they want to be your friend or not. Now, love does not envy. <clears throat> love doesn't hate that girl. Who you like or who goes out with the guy you like it doesn't hate at all so if a girl likes um the guy you love or you term you love have it in mind it doesn't hate just become friends with them help out in doing their classwork on their assignments and you're good to go so love does not boast yes love does not boast it doesn't brag about your good grades in school or what you've done over the night game or you won your game or you did you went for hiking and you came first or your positions it doesn't really brag about that love is just natural it's just um, hum um is humble love is humble so if you have love in your hearts it should be humility personified and also we have um is not proud <clears throat> Love isn't really stuck up. For the teenager, it's not really stuck up. So what we think is that um, you have better or you're better than somebody else or because of your clothes are more expensive like, than theirs. No, it is not proud of your personal achievement or your self-actualization. Love does not count those things. So we have the other one, which is um, love is not self-seeking. It's not self-seeking at all. 
love lets others have their talk um, when you're in a group or you have a conversation with somebody else. It's not just about you, 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 or I'm sorry, it's not about me, me, me. It should, you also have room for somebody else to see whatever he or she wants to be. It never puts the other one down or counts themselves first among others. It also counts every other person. In fact, love actually takes itself last and gives room for others to have its way. It's not easily angered. It's not easily angered. Um, love doesn't insist on getting all the credits or being the popular person among the crowd. No, it doesn't. It doesn't... Um, it doesn't it doesn't do that it doesn't make you take all the credits so love is just something that you should do and um, take off the anger in your hearts it also keeps no record of um, wrongdoing love doesn't um, do that um, also also um, love doesn't tamper or doesn't tamper justice with mercy like that's less tamper justice with mercy no uh, when a brother does something wrong to you, it's just like a simple sorry and okay, that's it. Or when your sister spends too much time in the bathroom and is singing along in the shower and you just have to stand and wait for her to come out of the shower. So you just tend to lose it up on her. No, it doesn't do that. So it also keeps no record of doing wrong and that um, that it helps no grudges. Um, it doesn't keep thinking over what your sister did to you or what your brother did to you or what your friend did to you he's she's hanging around your um the person you actually had a crush on no it's not that or when somebody hurts you you are bottling everything up no love doesn't really do that it doesn't do that or not even really it doesn't do that at all now we have love doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with the truth love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it doesn't think wrongdoing is cool like man that's cool and you tend to um blackmail somebody or put up um, a notice just to get up at somebody else wrongdoing it's not at all it's not good at all so let's just take it away it also protects uh once you have love for somebody it looks out for the interest of somebody else it looks out to the interest of your friends of your neighbors to make sure to know how they are doing, how they are faring. That is what love is about. It also protects. Love protects. It keeps on trusting God even when um, the right choices you make really don't turn out the way you want them to be. You've been asking God that you want him to do something for you and you want to have an all A's in your subject and you have like a B or a C or probably an F. Um, you, 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 you don't take it up on yourself that you had an F in your grades. It just wants you to actually go back and know where you made those mistakes from. Study hard anymore. Take it reading your fall. And before you know that you are getting, maybe you would have gotten a B or a C and you're getting a distinction this time around. Um, so we just keep trusting God because he's ever faithful and ever loving. So... We go to the next one. Love always hopes. Love always hopes. Now, it keeps on expecting the best. You know, when you when you love, you have this faith and confident assurance that what you hope for is going to come to pass. Just have it at the back of your mind that once you hope and put your trust in God, 
it's going to turn out the way you are expected to be. It's going to just keep expecting the best from God. And he's a loving father. He's a faithful God. He will keep and keep his word. His word is here and it's amen. It's true to the past. So that is what it's going to do for you. So the last one we're taking here is, it's always, it's always preserves. Love always preserves. So um, love really doesn't give up um, just um, because uh, something goes wrong or because you feel hot. Have it at the back of your mind that God is in charge. So those he loves. And um, so those who love um, just keeps on doing the right thing or just keep loving are right. And um, God himself will actually um, lead you through in whatever um in whatever you need to do so in this place um love is patience love is kind it does not envy does not boast it's not proud it's not rude it's not self-seeking it's not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truths it always protects always loves always um hopes yeah it always trusts it's always preserve it's always preserved so whatever we need to do just have it at the back of our mind what love is so have um do it um at the best of your ability to love one another just as christ loved the church now there are certain ways um, we can actually help our teenagers love there are 12 ways i can say that um help our teenagers to love so don't touch that dial we'll be back shortly so welcome back to teens corner the teenagers mindset earlier on in our episode we talked about love um how the teenagers perceive love in first corinthians um, chapter 13 from verse 4 to 7 how love is patient, kind, and is no rude, and how they actually um, play out the love rule in their hearts. Also, with dissecting twelve ways whereby our teenagers can we can show what their parents can show our teenagers love, or how the um, teenagers can learn to love God the more. Okay, we can um, have our create an open dialogue. Um, in church, um, in our home, especially in our home, because you say charity begins our home. So whatever we learn in our house is what we're going to play outside. So we help them by creating an environment for open dialogue. We teach them well, have a conversation with them, chat with them, and teach them find more what they do in school, find out what they do in school. So when you've created that um, friendship with them and then introduce Christ to them, then they will run with the vision. Also, we are teaching them four ways to navigate through the Bible and how to learn what the scripture says um, as proposed to their teaching. Teach them uh, what the Bible says. Uh, let it be fun. Let them not say the reading of the Bible is um, a very hard one, but let them also um, incorporate into their heart. Let it be a fun prayer for them. We can also help our teenagers by um, not being judgmental. We should stop judging the teenagers. Let's listen to them, hear what we have to say. Then with that, we can uh, we'll run. 
because most times our teenagers lose it up when you come to church and you tend to judge them um, from what they do or how they behave, how um, they see things from the other view. But once we listen to them, we don't judge them then because our teenagers today are exposed to a lot of peer pressures and also they are also influenced by the social media our televisions and all that so once we don't judge them we're able to get them well we also help them by listening far more to our children um let me say i was actually guilty of this constantly hearing the words um my parents really don't um listen to what i have to say and it made me just um, sideline whoever is around me. So I just tend to do what I need to do because nobody gave me a listening ear. So once we tend to give them a listening ear, then we'll go a long way. So as much as, then the fifth one, I would say as much as possible, let's remain calm and composed. Um, with that, if we are calm and composed to our teenagers, remember they are, they are just the next, um, they are just one kind of word generation we really, really don't understand. But once we are calm and composed, we don't tend to shout at them in front of their parents because they have, they, it makes them lose, lose self-confidence. Um, we help, that will help them boost um, their moral. So a calm environment uh, will enforce our rules also helps them to build um, lasting confidence um, love foster open and honest communications with them so once we are calm we are composed our teenagers um, are okay with that then the sixth one say consistency is key to helping um, our teenagers love god and have a relationship with him once you are consistent every morning you have a devotion you have a bible study and you make them understand the word and teach them daily he said, um, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So once we have thoughts at the back of our mind, consistency, the teenagers will be fine. So the seventh one, he said, we can help the teenagers by praying. We'll pray with them, pray with them, pray with our teenagers. Let's not think that because we only pray with our kids at night. Let's go, children, okay, let's come together and um, pray. And the children will pray and that's it but let's tend to go to our teenagers room ask them how their day went then if they have challenges they open up to you while you counsel them at the end of the day you pray with them not only praying for them but also pray with them the eighth one we can help our teenagers and starting them off at a very early age uh, whatever we will train them earlier start early enough to train the teenagers because um, once they get to that teenage age they think they're on top of the world whatever you have to tell them doesn't really count anymore so let's start on time not when they are going wayward or whether the way they're dressing is awkward we start um, screaming at them but once we start on time to inculcate the habits in them okay then Ninth one, um, we'll take decisions. Let's allow our teenagers to take decisions, um, major decisions of their life, but let's just be by the side to guide them through. So most times our parents tend to choose their career paths. We don't tend to look at what the teenagers love to do. We don't tend to look at why um, they want to do what they want to do. But once we allow them to take decisions, then we guide them. That would be okay. 
the tenth one I would say showing them godly standard by um, replicating our life to them or let them replicate our life. We say Christ-like, um, showing an example of Christ. So if the children can actually read Christ in us, um, see Christ in us, let them be the Bible they are looking up to. So if the teenagers are the Bible or the parents are the Bible these teenagers look up to, then this will be beautiful. So the next one, which is the 11th one, I'll say, let them trust you. Trust in them. Let the teenagers trust you and you also trust the teenagers. Whatever they have to do, just give them this um, confidence of this self OKS. Okay. Benefit of thoughts that what they are saying is correct or what they have to do is okay. So once we have that at the back of our mind to let the teenagers trust us while we also trust them, we say respect is reciprocal. So also trust is reciprocal. Once you trust them, we'll make them trust you. Then finally, the twelfth one is what I love so much, leading them to Christ, leading our teenagers to Christ. If you don't, um, if you didn't lead them at an earlier stage, um, you have to lead the teenagers to Christ at this time. Because as a child, they will just believe, okay, yes, yes, yes. But once they get to the stage and they don't really know Christ, it's high time we let them to Christ. Let them understand that Christ is the author and finisher of their faith. They are, they are the best friend. They are the ones to have Christ. Um, there's a Christ in you, the hope, a Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if we lead our teenagers to Christ, they will run with that vision, that Christ. They will tend to love God because this is what they will, And this will be something that they will live up to. Say my parents actually led me to Christ and I ran with the vision because I saw my parents are Christ-like. So these are the ways in which we can actually make our teenagers love Christ and um, love God the more. So once they love their neighbors as themselves, they also have to love Christ who is in them or who is their hope of glory. So um, I believe you've actually learned a lot as teenagers. You've learned um, how love is and how you reciprocate love. Not what the worldly love says, but what the Bible says. Godly standard of love. And true love really waits once somebody loves you, no matter what it is. At your age now, you really don't need um, to get distracted in life. Just run with your vision, run with your goal. If the person truly loves you and wants to get married to you, he will definitely pursue your dream and follow you through to see that you live up to the standard. So on that note, I will say thanks for listening on our episode today. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook. Make sure you follow us on our Twitter, um, on our Instagram Make sure you follow us on our Facebook page and also on uh, Anchor and also our podcast. On that note, I'll say I am Okuchi Chinomso, also your host. Thank you very much. <music>